now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to episode number 300 of Mets Musing. Yes, it is episode number 300. Can you believe it? The little show that we started seven and a half years ago in April of 2010 has reached a milestone I couldn't believe. Two, 300 episodes. And I'm so thankful for the, to be here with you this evening. And And I know it's been a tough year for the Mets. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. And we're going to go over everything. But um, we're still here. We're still plugging away. We're still... Trying to keep the faith and stay optimistic. But uh, let's take a listen, just a short little clip, how the first show sounded when we started. And it's remarkably didn't change much. Hello and welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast, Mets Musings. Mets Musings will be a weekly podcast and a recap and analysis of the week in Mets baseball. That was in April 2010, and we continue to try to do the analysis and the recap and, and everything else for the last seven and a half years, and and it's been a wild ride. You know, we've seen ups and downs and, and over and outs and, and all kinds of things in the seven and a half years, and and. So happy to have shared it with all of you loyal listeners that have stuck by us for the whole time. We've got some voicemails tonight, got some reports, got some uh, voicemails, as I said, uh, from people uh, that have uh, called in over the years and have been fans and loyal listeners, and and uh, we'll get to one of those in just a second. But um, before we get started, I just wanted to send out congratulations to the uh, Hudson Valley Renegades of the New York Penn League. They won the championship. They uh, beat the Vermont Lake Monsters, uh, swept them, took the first two games of the best of three series, championship series, to win the title. Uh, unfortunately, it was not a good year for the Brooklyn Cyclones in the New York Penn League, but uh, there's always next season, and let's hope that they can put it together next year and uh, have a better show than they did last year because this year was, it was just plain terrible. And In fact, the whole minor league system uh, of the Mets was pretty bad. And if you've heard me, in the past, uh, I railed against that uh, organization, uh, the problems the organization has all through the minor systems, as I perceive it to be. So uh, I'm sure uh, you don't want to hear that again tonight. But uh, we do have a little bit of news um, that I'd like to cover before we get to our first voicemail. And uh, that is that the word on the street is that Terry Collins is going to retire at the end of the season. Not a big, big surprise. I hate to see Terry go out this way. I think he deserved better than this. Don't think this year was all his fault. Yes, he made some mistakes. Yes, he made some stupid moves, uh, X's and O's wise. But uh, really... I don't think it's all on him. I think a lot of it, the blame should be shared. 
and I think part of the blame should go to the uh, the training team. I think part of the blame should go to the pitching coach, and I think uh, part of the blame, uh, probably the majority of the blame, in my eyes, should go to Sandy Alderson. And I know that that uh, we'll have some discussion over the next months to come about that, uh, but uh, I believe uh, that Terry Collins is getting a bit of a raw deal here. Uh, I like Terry Collins. The players like Terry Collins. I know there's a lot of people out there that want him to go, but you cannot blame him for everything. But that being said, somebody's going to be blamed, and I feel it will be him, but I think they will allow him to retire uh, rather than walk the plank and be fired, which is uh, probably the honorable thing to do, being that they he did take them to a World Series and uh, and a playoff game two years in a row. So um, it, it's, uh, it's an end of an era, though. Uh, he'll be second in wins to uh, Davey Johnson and uh, – um, just uh, a nice man didn't really deserve this team or this season. Um, but I'll have more to say on uh, that a little bit later as well. But let's go to our first voicemail. And for those that don't know, when we started the show, I keep saying we, when this show was started in 2010, I had a co-host. And his name was Barry from Long Island. And Barry's checked in over the years. Uh, Barry and I did 97 shows, I believe. 96, 97 shows together. And then uh, he decided to go his separate way. And we, uh, I decided to continue on. And here we are today. But Barry uh, is checking in. He checked in a little earlier today. Uh, on the phone, and and Barry's got an in-depth state of the Metsies as well as a congratulation. So let's take a listen to Barry, my former co-host. Hey, Gary, it's Barry, your co-host for the first time glad of Mets Musings podcast, calling in to congratulate you on completing your 300th episode of Mets Musings. And now on to my State of the Union comments regarding this total train wreck of this season. Your boy Sandy has a lot of work to do this offseason because anyone who thinks that getting the starting pitchers healthy is all that will take to get this team back into contention has not been paying attention this season. Just by watching the recently concluded series against the Marlins, you can see the vast difference in athleticism between the two teams, especially when Iman Rosario was not in the lineup. I heard Charles Lewin say that the Mets had by far the worst defensive average in the majors on batted balls and plate, but that when Rosario was in the lineup, the average improves by 50 points. Earlier, I had called for the Mets to go after Kansas City center fielder Lorenzo Cain. Though he'd be a nice fit for them, I cannot see the Mets finding many if any big free agent hitters. And with Nemo, Lagarde, and Ioki holding that center field in right, so they could probably get by as long as they have a healthy set and hopefully Michael Conforto back. The free agent that Mets are targeting, in my opinion now, is Kane's Royal teammate Mike Moustakis to play third base. Because the infield defense, again, especially when Rosario is not in the line, is the worst I have ever seen. That will also show that they have moved on from even thinking about David Wright ever being their regular third base and once and for all. That, along with the already addressed expanding need for the Mets to get another starting pitching, 
one at least confident in someone you could at least do a place where they should have been this season in the hunt for a wild card spot. Even with their unfathomable amount of and type of injuries, there is no way that the San Diego Padres should have a better record than the Mets. I know you do not like Sandy saying that he is okay going into next year with the current catching situation, but there are no better alternatives out there, none. Jonathan Lucroy's career has crashed and burned since leaving Milwaukee. And the Rangers basically got a police escort to take him from Texas to Colorado. I'd rather see the Mets give Kevin Puletti, clearly improved since his recall from AAA, a shot at a full-time job in 2018. I think when you grade Sandy's performance, you have to take into account the full body of work, the trades of Cespi and Syndergaard, choosing to do it over Ike as the first base, and the acquisition of Patterson Mead in 2015, and in retrospect, even the Jay Bruce deal, all good decisions, and give him an overall grade of about a B-. Also remember, he came to the Mets as one of three experienced GMs, and the loss of Paul B. Batesta as a talent evaluator really had to hurt this team. However, the arrow now is clearly going in the wrong direction for Alderson, who already has said that the team's head strength and conditioning coach Mike Barwis will be back in 2018. Well, Sandy, like you say, that is a very bad op. Insanity is repeating the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And though you cannot blame Barwis, Ray Ramirez, or any of the medical staff in court on only a swing, breaks his shoulder, or when Wilma Flores breaks his nose on a foul tip. When so many injuries happen season after season after season, changes in personnel philosophy, and like you have said, the overall culture have to be made. They're trying to manage what was left of this team after all their injuries was like trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. I think it is time for a new and younger voice to manage the Mets. And Dan Wharton has to go with Frankie being in at the new pitching coach. He has earned a promotion. Otherwise, we are back to the days when the Mets' lack of accountability throughout the entire organization, starting at the top, was mentioned all the time and the perception that they are a laughing stock operation. That brings me just about to the end of my semi-lamper for the ownership coming off this disaster season to raise ticket prices again shows how clueless they are and how disconnected they are with the fan base and makes it seem anyway that the fans want the team to win more than they do. Anyway, Gary, once again, congrats on number 3,000, and like you say, and as difficult as it seems right now, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And thank you, Barry, for checking in uh, on this uh, uh anniversary evening if you will uh, the 300 episode of Mets Musings and uh, uh, it all began with Barry and I back in, in 2010 so thanks for checking in Barry and um, I what can I say I, I agree with a lot of what you said um, I, I would give all this in a lower mark than you do but that's just uh, me and uh, he does have a lot of work to do. But I think some of the things that you said uh, about uh, needing a younger manager, I think they need a younger GM as well. I think time has passed him by. Um, I don't think he gets the, the, the whole thing. I mean, uh, and, and don't forget, Deepa Testa was running the draft and the draft picks. The last year or so with uh, Sandy running the show completely has not been that good. And, in fact, even some of the Deepa Testa uh, picks, uh, yes, he did pick Conforto and uh, 
but some of the picks after that, I mean, Anthony Kay was picked last year, second round, hasn't seen uh, the light of day yet. Got Tommy John surgery last year. Thomas Zapuki was picked last year. Looked really good. This year he had to get Tommy John surgery. Um, another guy, I can't think of his name offhand. I think it was it Andrew Church. I may be wrong about whether it was Church or not, but um, um, he had, uh, uh, I believe, uh, had Tommy John surgery as well this year. So this philosophy of getting power hitters and power pitchers is not working right now. And and I think there is not a philosophy of winning in this organization. There's a philosophy of developing certain players, but I don't think there's an over, overall philosophy of winning in the organization. And, I, you know, look, you can develop players, but uh, isn't winning part of developing an individual player as well and teaching them how to win as a team. I, I go back to the Dodgers infield back in, I guess it was the seventies with uh, Garvey and say, and uh, uh, Russell and, and the second basin escapes me now. Um, was it maybe, what a, was it sacks? I don't know. But the point is, these guys played together and came up together. Now, they were all exceptional, t- exceptional talent, but uh, they were able to stay together. They were able to play together, and they, they came to the majors together and formed quite the infield and quite the team. And I just don't see the Mets pushing that in the minor leagues. There's too many guys up and down, slept around, switch from position to position. Um, Colby Woodman, he was playing second, short, third, first base. I mean, uh, you know, let the guy play one or two positions at the most and get used to it. Uh, on top of that, you got to learn how to hit as well. So it, it's not easy, the life of a minor league player. But um, I think they need to revamp that organization. And as you said uh, in your kind comments, um, that that's something that you believe they should do as well. So uh, younger manager, we're going to address that a little bit later too in another voicemail, uh, who I think should get it. I definitely agree that Dan Warthin must go and definitely agree it should be Frankie V that gets the job as pitching coach. He knows these players. He's had all of these pitchers, and Frankie V is the guy. He should be here next year as the pitching coach of the New York Mets. All right, uh, let's take a little break and uh, catch our breath and get back at it right after these messages. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 
516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. All right, and we're back. And uh, we're going to go to voicemail number two. And that is from our good buddy, Trip, and uh, he just wants to say hi. Hi, Gary. This is Trip from Kentucky. I just wanted to call and say congratulations on your 300th show. It's a big milestone, and um, I, I still look forward to listening to your podcast this year, even though there really hasn't been much to cheer about. I really appreciate you still putting them on and keeping up with it. I'm looking forward to the video whenever you get that going up, but just wanted to say congratulations and uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure listening. Bye, Gary. And uh, thanks so much, Trip, for taking the time and leaving a message uh, of congratulations. Uh, I really appreciate it. Trip's been around a, a, a long time and uh, just a great guy, and he's uh, contributed uh, to the show a number of times. So it's always great to hear from you, Trip. So thanks so much, and um, I'm glad that you enjoyed the show and keep on listening. Um, other news is that Sandy Alderson, uh, looks like he'll be back next year. Now, I'm not happy about that, but uh, look, the Wilpons are in love with Sandy. They think he's doing a great job, and uh, apparently a lot of people think he's doing a great job, but uh, I guess I am in the mi minority when it comes to that. Uh, I think uh, that they should have went with someone younger. I think he's the problem with the organization, and then probably not going to make that choice. They're probably going to keep him. Don't know if it'll be a year or two. He is 69 years old, so um, we, we shall see. But uh, he will be back next year, and it doesn't seem like he's willing to make the changes that need to be made, and I think that's a crying shame. I think it. Uh, he's got to, as Barry said, you just can't think that it. The pitches have to get healthy. We need a second baseman. We need a third baseman. And for Pete's sake, you got 10 games left. Can we see the young guys play? Can we leave Shakini in there every day for the rest of the season to see how he's shown flashes of hitting? He's shown he can feel the position. Can we see what he can do? Can we leave Phil Evans in there? This guy's hit 333 in a small sample, I know, but hitting 333, he's hitting line drives all over the place. 
Oh, I know. He's not in a power position. I know. He's in a power position. He's not hitting for power. I don't know. See, my whole fear is they're going to ruin some of these guys. Dominic Smith. They're going to make him pull. They want him to pull more. Don't let the guy hit. Just let him go out and hit, please. We can live with a guy hitting 300 and driving in 90 runs. What we can't live with is another Ike Davis. And I believe Ike Davis was ruined. Well, he ruined himself as well. But he got home run happy. He got pull happy. They kept telling him you're in a power, but you got to pull. He first came up. He was a line drive hitter hitting it to all corners of the field. Something got into his head. He became a home run hitter. And that was, that was, what does he do now? He's trying to come back as a pitcher. Because he can't hit anymore. And I fear that they're going to ruin him. They're going to ruin Dominic Smith. Juan Lagaris. Juan Lagaris starts to go to right center field. He's hitting line drives. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting singles. Hitting triples. What do I hear on the broadcast? Well, we're talking to, to the Terry Collins and Kevin Long, and they want to see him pull more. Why? The guy's hitting. He's getting on base. He's utilizing his speed. And he's making things happen. And you want to screw around because he don't hit for power. I, I'm tired of the power hitters. We see how great the power hitters was. Look at what happened to Cespedes. Look, they did it. They tried to ruin Conforto. They made him pull happy. He went down to the minors. He, he had a, an offseason where he thought about everything and decided I'm going back to the way I wanted to hit. And he did that. And, and oh, by the way, he hit 27 homers. The home runs will come for these young guys. They're capable of it. Don't rush the home run to them. Don't make them a pull hitter. We've had enough of 220 hitters that hit home runs or strike out. We want guys to hit 290, 300 and hit 25 home runs because they'll be driving in guys with, with doubles and triples and singles. Enough with the power hitters. It doesn't always work. Three run, we, we were sitting and waiting for the three run home run all the time, and and it's gotten us into this hole. 65 and, and what is it, 85 right now? And uh, whatever. So please, if you're going to stay Alderson, make the changes. You got to do something about the bullpen, you got to get a veteran starter in here. And please don't go on the scrap heap, scrappy Sandy like you always do to look for somebody cheap that doesn't work out. And then by May or June, you're dumping the guy. Or you're batting him clean up like John Mayberry. Clean up. John Mayberry batting clean up. That's crazy. Just crazy. On a bright note. Yes, there is a bright note to the season. 
Jacob DeGrom won his 15th game against the Braves. It is a career high for him. And he was very good against the Braves. Struck out seven batters, walked two. He threw 101 pitches. His uh, only run that he allowed was a sixth-inning home run to Freddie Freeman. This was his first win since August 25th. He snapped a three-game losing streak. So um, congratulations to Jacob DeGrom. He can... He can add to that total. He can go to 16 wins as he will be pitching at least once, maybe even 17. Might have two more starts in him um, before the season is over. So congrats go out to Jacob DeGrom and um, uh, his his great season. And UN Assessment says he's going to change his uh, – Training methods, we reported this a couple of weeks ago, but now he said he's going to do more running. Going to keep the legs in shape. Where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah. Probably on this show. Uh, But I can't take all the credit. I heard it from Keith Hernandez, who said that in the wintertime, he used to always run to keep his legs in shape. And he didn't lift weights. And he came into camp and got into baseball shape. One of our callers has something to say about that, and uh, he'll be coming up in just a minute. But, uh, yeah, so Cespedes now is going to get into – he's going to be a runner. He's going to lose some weight and get in shape, and uh, hopefully it'll be better than the fiasco he had last year with the 900-pound lifts uh, to prove he could do it or something. And um, uh, it's been a tough long year. All right, let's listen to another uh, a voicemail right now. It's Jeff from Long Island, and uh, Jeff's a longtime listener of the show and a great guy. And Jeff, take it away. Hi, Gary. It's Jeff from Long Island, and congratulations on your 300th episode of Next New Things. That's a lot of shows, and we listeners appreciate the analysis, breakdown, and commentary about our New York Mets delivered with such passion and honesty. The season started out with great expectations, and unfortunately, it did not turn out the way everybody wanted. goes to show that you never have enough pitching. Also, these players, even though they make millions of dollars, need to be in baseball shape. They need to go back and play fundamental baseball. When the shift is on, hit them where they ain't, to quote Wee Willie, Ke- Wee Willie Keeler. Heck, they are professionals. They should be able to handle a bat and not be so pull-happy. If they hit against the shift, it will open up the pull side more. Also, run everything out. A drop third strike, just don't walk away. Make the catcher throw the ball. Yes, 999 out of 1,000 times it will be routine, but there's always a chance of an error if you make the catcher throw the ball. Make him do it. With the team broken down this season, play, play a little small ball. Bunt, move the runner over. The other day I was at the game and the Mets had second and third with less than two out. Nimmo up. First placement was playing way back. If Nimmo can bunt the ball the first baseline, easy run. Do the unexpected. Keep the other team on their toes. Anyway, I can go on and on. I think you know my thoughts. I would like your thoughts on the next Mets manager. I think a few few choices should include with Mets roots, Jose Okendo, Super Joe McEwing, Ron Gardenhire, or Howard Johnson's. Anyway, thanks for keeping up on our Mets. Again, congratulations on your 300th episode, and let's go Mets. And... Uh... Thank you, Jeff, very much for that. Uh, always a pleasure to hear from you, and and uh, 
hung out with Jeff uh, one time, one evening and had a great time. And he's really a terrific guy. And uh, thanks so much. He's been with the show a while as well. And uh, thank you again, Jeff, for uh, taking the time to call in. And um, thoughts on the next manager? Well, I, I definitely think they have to go younger. That's my feeling. I would like to see my personal choice. I want to see Super Joe McMewing. Nine years, he's a coach, uh, bench coach with the uh, Chicago White Sox now. And uh, I'd like to see him get a crack at it. He was a fan favorite here. Let's bring him back. Uh, he's, he's paid some dues. So I think it's, it would be a good choice for the Mets to bring Joe McEwing in young guy. Now, whether he'd be a yes guy to Sandy, we don't know. Um, so my guess is who we're going to see, who, who we're going to see is probably going to be Bob Guerin, who I'd like to see is Joe McEwing. And I guess that's that's where that's at with that. Uh, uh, Sandy doesn't uh, necessarily believe in managers. He wants a yes guy and uh, a sabermetrics guy. And I don't know if, if McEwing is involved in, in, in sabermetrics much. Or I do know that he's very... Uh, uh, schooled in fundamentals and is that's one of the big things that he coaches in Chicago is uh, fundamentals and God knows the Mets need to learn how to play fundamentals. They need to learn it throughout the system. You know, if I was the owner of the Mets, the first thing I would do is I would say to all of my minor league teams, Every pitcher in my minor league system will hit. I don't care if your league has a DH. I don't care if you're putting it at a disadvantage. You're going to hit because you're going to take two, three, four years off from hitting once you get out of high school or college or whatever until you make a tickets double A ball. You're not going to hit, and then all of a sudden we're going to ask you to hit again. Not if I'm the owner. You're every year you'll be hitting and you'll be that much more ahead of everybody else when you get to the big league because you've been hitting all this time and they haven't. That would be one move I would make. I'd bring back the bunt. I'd bring back sliding pads, I sliding pits, whatever uh, they want to use now. Used to use the old sliding pants in the outfield and in spring training. I believe they had the sliding pits. With the sawdust and and uh, the old timers know what I'm talking about with that, uh, but you have to be an old timer to uh, realize that. But that's what I would do. Fundamentals. That's what the fundies, as Keith Hernandez says. This team is poor in fundies. They're poor in athleticism, and uh, they need to improve on those things. And they can do it. They just need a manager that's schooled in that. And uh, and willing to buck the system and work with these guys, and and I think uh, I think it would improve this team. And as Jeff said, play a little small ball, bunt the guy over, 
hit to the opposite side, get the runner from second to third. Um, do the small things that win games. It's not always the home run that wins a game. A lot of times it's something small. You know, watch Brandon Nimmo play the game. He he He's always in the – it seems like he's always in the middle of a rally and he's not popping home runs all the time. He's getting a walk. He's getting a single. He's running out of ball and making them – making them make a good play on him and sometimes they screw up but his hustle is always there and that's what jeff was talking about run everything out hustle play fundamentals and play small ball don't be worried about the three run homer all the time in the mets case it ends up they got to hit a six run homer and we all know that's just impossible. All right, let's take another quick break, and we'll be back after this. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports, you can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. The Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better. Hi, my name is Rich Baxter, and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at fightinphillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment voicemail hotline. If you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number five one six six one nine six three four one, or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at MetsMusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash MetsMusings.
And I'm back, and we have uh, one more voicemail to play, and it comes to us all the way from San Francisco, and it's our good friend Michael, who has been, well, he'll tell you how long he's been listening to the show. Hey, Gary. It's Michael out here in San Francisco, and I'm calling to say congratulations on the occasion of your 300th, and I want you to know that I've been enjoying the show since I think it was number 23, and I have to tell you, these last 100 from 2 to 3 have just zoomed right on by, and you've been getting better and better, my friend. So to quote The Clash, don't stop, give it all you got. Okay, that's it. In the meantime, I'm staying optimistic, I'm keeping the faith, so let's go Mets. Musings. And uh, thank you, Michael, for uh, uh, contributing that to this special show tonight, 300th episode, and uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, Michael is a great guy. He's heavily involved with the Brian Stowe Foundation. Uh, Brian Stowe, of course, was the fan that a few years ago got uh, beaten up and suffered from suffers from brain damage and uh uh, has miraculously survived, and uh, uh, but it's not an easy life. And and uh, Michael's been a big part. He's met Brian. He's talked to the family. Um, does a lot of stuff for them. And uh, one of the things he does is uh, with baseball cards. They have a big card show on San Francisco Giant cards, and Michael goes around, you know, collecting them and and. Uh, Picking them up and purchasing some for from shows and whatever, and uh, does a great job with that. And uh, uh, he's also the Grubby Glove, so go check out his blog, GrubbyGlove.com. Uh, almost forgot about that, Michael. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, uh, he does a great job there as well. So go check that out. And you know. Um, we're getting near the end of the year. Ten, ten games left. Uh, we will be going all winter. We might uh, veer a little bit away from Mets baseball now and then, um, and talk just plain talk baseball. Might have to bring some other guests in, but we're going to try to have guests all winter and bring in uh, some people that you may have not heard about. Uh, more authors, of course, and uh, maybe some other former players. We're working on some stuff, so we'll see what we can come up with uh, as the uh, as the season, as the winter rolls in and 2017 is put to bed. And, of course, we'll talk about 2018 and uh, 2019, hopefully. Uh, but 2018 will be in our scope next and I'd just like to say, uh, if I may, take a few minutes to thank everybody that took the time to call in. Uh, Jeff, uh, Tripp, and Mike, and uh, a special thanks to Barry for uh, helping me get this thing off the ground seven and a half years ago. And... Um, still here uh talking to you about the Mets and we've seen a lot of ups and downs in in these past seven and a half years we've seen um the rise of uh 
a Matt Harvey and the fall of a Matt Harvey and the rise of a Jacob deGrom and the fall of a Steven Matz and the rise of uh, uh, a Lucas Duder and the fall of an Ike Davis. It's all happened over this time, and it's been my honor and pleasure to be here to bring it all to you when I could. And, and I have been so blessed to have met so many nice people and and have talked to so many nice people. I never thought I'd talk to Craig Swan or Ed Hearn or uh, Eric Sherman or uh, Brett Topel or uh, Michael Gary or, uh, gee, I, I don't want to leave anybody out. And um, uh, my, my, my friend, I consider him my friend, and uh Greg Prince, uh, Faith and Fear and Flushing, and, and a terrific author of Piazza and Amazing Again. I got the plug in for you, Greg. Uh, but just a great guy. And uh, uh, the crew of The Rising Apple, uh, a competitive podcast, but with friends nonetheless. I go on their show. They come on my show. And they're a great bunch of guys. And we just have great conversations. and uh, And that's what it's all about. And as I said, I, I'm very fortunate and very lucky to have been in this chair for the past seven years uh, and and to have met and to become acquainted with and to talk to these wonderful people that I, I just mentioned and to have uh, other people from across the country that I've interviewed. Uh, um, Mr. Brewtown, one of the earliest guys that I interviewed, one of the earliest supporters of this show, and comes on every time I need him with the, with the Brewers, and he's a terrific guy and does a great show, and I don't want to forget him. And, and all the other bloggers and, and uh, podcasters that I have interviewed over the last seven and a half years um thank you all so much all all the players all the uh um announcers uh mostly on the cyclone show but a few here uh thank you so much for making this uh, seven and a half years 300 episodes of mets musings so wonderful even in the most challenging times and we have seen some challenging times with the New York Mets. It's not easy to be a Mets fan. It is a difficult thing. But it gets into you. It it it's a passion and it's you cannot shake it. And nor do you want to. And and you're critical and you're hurt and you're sad and but let me tell you when they win, it is like nothing else. It is just a feeling of joy and happiness that your team finally has won. And I hope we all get together and, and experience that one more time, one more time in my lifetime, and uh, uh, in, in I hope many more times in, in your lifetime out there, the listeners. And and most of all, I want to thank you. I want to thank all of you who listen on a daily, on a weekly basis. 
I don't think I could do this on a daily basis. Uh, do on a on a weekly basis that have been so kind to me over the years and have appreciated the show and sent in your appreciation and voicemails and uh, um, you know emails and whatever. And uh, by the way, before I, f- I I have to send a special shout out to my friend Sean. Uh, in the UK, I mean, he's a guy across the pond, and he listens to the show, and he checks in, and uh, I met him a couple of years. He's a great guy, so I, I just wanted to add him to the list. But uh, to all of you out there, thank you so much. You are why I do this show, and and it's very nice to hear back from you and to realize that I am making a difference and that you do enjoy the show and I hope that you will keep enjoying it for the next 300 episodes because I plan to keep on doing it as long as I am capable and uh, let's see if we can get to 500 or 600 or even a thousand shows Uh, I'd love to get that I might have to start doing two a week then (laughs) <laughs> but but for now, um, we'll be back again next week with another edition of Mets Musings. And remember, until next time, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets.